he calls him and says, I'm going to kill you. Wow. And I and I want you to know that I know you're going to be involved in a wedding overseas and I'm going to be there. You won't see me and you'll be dead. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Adam Levin. He is the host of the What the Hack with Adam Levin podcast, as well as a nationally recognized scam expert. What the Hack is a weekly show where fascinating people share their encounters with the most terrifying or annoying, embarrassing and infuriating scams and cybersecurity hacks. Adam's going to be sharing a really interesting topic today, a common and uncommon wedding scams and how to avoid being swindled. But before we do that, we want to welcome Adam to the show. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Well, Dr. Ray and Jean, thank you so much for inviting me. Appreciate the opportunity. So Adam, how do you become a nationally recognized scam expert? How does that happen? Well, sometimes I feel more like a nationally recognized scam anchorman. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, it, it really comes with years of, of consumer protection experience. I was consumer affairs commissioner for the state of New Jersey for five years, 300 years ago. I was uh, um, uh, very involved in two companies that focused on helping people uh, build credit, nurture credit, save credit. And then in helping people uh, get themselves back together again after they've been victims of identity theft incidents, because credit and identity uh, theft go together. Uh, if you think about it, if you ask someone, uh, what are the first things that come to your mind if I say a portfolio? So the Pavlovian response is investments. But you also have credit as a portfolio and your identity as a portfolio. And whereas you would hope everything would go well, uh, things can go wrong. And, you know, again, whereas you hope that a professional would be managing your money, you as a consumer have to be the professional of managing your credit and your identity. You have to build them, nurture them, manage them and protect them. And if something goes wrong, it could put stress on the other portfolios. For instance, if there's something wrong with your credit, you're going to need to take some of the money out of your investments or maybe even not have money for investments because it costs you so much to get money if you want to borrow for something important in your life. Uh, if your identity has a problem, well, then you got a real problem because it will negatively impact your credit, could destroy your credit, and it could also destroy your investment accounts because people could use your information to invade your accounts to steal your money. So, so that's why it's, it's so important to look at all of this as a portfolio and that many things that you talk about are part of these portfolios. This is a life portfolio that you're talking about here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that your experience? Is that what prompted you and motivated you to start the podcast? Well, yes, I, I, uh, I had a company, well, I sold credit.com 2015. I sold CyberScout, which was uh, my identity and data protection company uh, last year. And I said, what can I do to kind of keep, keep the crusade going? And so uh, I thought the podcast would be an interesting way to do it uh, as an educational vehicle, as a, as a vehicle for catharsis. And uh, we have people come on our show and 
you know, they've gone through something in most cases traumatic, or they feel pretty good because they beat back someone that was trying to uh, steal their identity or uh, commit a scam on them. Uh, but we've created a no shame zone uh, in this podcast because listen, we're all in this together. And as a result, the best way that we can make each and every one of us stronger is by sharing our experiences, some pleasant, some triumph, and some where you really got hammered. Uh, and it, it's really all about that, you know, and this is the important thing for people to put sort of into a framework. And that is, we all have lives, you folks know better than any, because you're involved with so many different life stages that are so important to people. But we all have lives. We work, we raise a family, we have events like we get married, um, we're involved in philanthropic activities, we're getting an education. Uh, that's our day job. However, for a hacker, a scammer, or an identity thief, we are their day job. So that's really what we're up against. It's, it's not a fair fight. Um, and that's why the more information that we can give people, the more experiences we can share with people, uh, the better armed they are, because this really is an arms race, the better armed they are. Are we particularly vulnerable when we're getting married and during the, uh, the planning of a wedding? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, you know, you start with the concept that planning a wedding is overwhelming from the get go. You got guest lists, seating plans. You got to find the right cake, the right dress. You have to plan the perfect honeymoon. It's all about arranging the wedding itself. Everything from flowers, photographers, planners, DJs, caterers. And in this universe, there's an awful lot of room for scammers, fishers, and identity thieves to get involved. Yeah, I think that, uh, and it's big business too. In Chicago, I think the average wedding was at about twenty-five to. It's closer to fifty now. Yeah, yeah. twenty-five to fifty thousand um, dollars. Lots of vendors. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of room to be scammed there. No, absolutely, and and uh, and trust me, uh, they wait for this. You know the. The rule of thumb for any scammer or identity thief is that you want to catch people in a moment of vulnerability when they're focused on everything else. And this is kind of like an add-on. So you're not thinking. And when someone presents you with something that almost requires an instant response, uh, they've got you in a very vulnerable position. And weddings are emotional experiences. I mean, we all know just planning a wedding, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the bride, the groom, the family. So if someone comes along and says, I can make it all better, people will respond. Or if someone comes along and says, I can make this a lot worse simply because something went wrong. I need you to do something. I need you to do it right away. And that's it's, it's between those cracks and crevices where people get into trouble. So what are some of the interesting scams you've heard of? Well, we've seen scams where, uh, you know, people will, show up, they, they will have wonderful pictures of flower arrangements, and they may even have a series of fake reviews on their websites. And oh. people fall in love with a particular florist, and they want to have them for their wedding. Unfortunately, it turns out later, the florist wasn't a florist. The thing was a scam. And that's why, whether it's a flower arrangement, a wedding planner, a photographer, a DJ, a caterer, it's very important to, you got to request references. You have to check online reviews because one thing we do know, if people feel they've been unfairly treated, they can get very loud, very fast on social media. And uh, you also want to, uh, you want to get the proposed bid. You want to get it in writing, not one of those, well, it's going to kind of cost this. And as we go along, there might be a few additional charges, but don't worry about it. You know, the to me, the most famous words in the English language are don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because that's when you really have to worry about it. And in particular, if someone is saying to you, I can get this for you and it's going to cost you 20% of what it would cost from anybody else, that's when the bells should be whirring, the lights should be flashing. 
the whistles should be screeching. Uh, like too good to be true. Yeah, because I found in life, if something is too good to be true, it is. And they, again, what they're counting on is that people are pressured. They have financial pressures. They're looking for whatever the best deal they can get. Uh, you know, someone will pitch, look, I'm local, but yet you can never see their store. <laughs> they show up in a van, you know, it's, it's, you know, the old white van, beware of white vans. But, uh, you know, that's one thing. Then the counterfeit wedding dresses. I mean, think about it. Here is a dress, which is sacred to most people that you only wear once that maybe one day you'll pass on to your child and they're not a cheap date by any means. And there have been cases of, you know, counterfeit wedding dresses is what you saw was not what you got, but you may have gotten what you paid for, but it wasn't anywhere close to what you, your expectation was. And that's why, you know, you have to be very careful when you, come upon e-commerce websites, things online that are offering steep discounts and they're usually shipped from overseas. And when it shows up, it's a cheap knockoff and you have no way to return it in many cases. So, and also it's so close to the date of the event. You know, sometimes it shows up a week or two before the event when you're already in a full panic and you realize there's pretty much no way to replace it because it is, it is to your specifications. So any website that's, that offers a deal on wedding dresses needs to be well-established, well-reviewed. They should prominently display their contact information and have a very clear uh, return policy. I'm really glad that you mentioned the online um, you know, presence and shopping and that sort of thing, because they say that we are in an age of disinformation Yes, and it is really hard to actually verify whether a review is from a legitimate person or whether a company is legitimate. You know, they might say that they're in the states, but actually they're overseas. And I was just wondering how do you how do you people protect themselves when they're going online and trying to do the research? Well, we always say, you know, if you don't want remorse, go to the source. <laughs> so you have to do your research. You have to determine what is legitimate. Now, ways you could check on legitimate is the FBI's Internet Complaint Center. They have mm. that online. You could also check with the Better Business Bureau. Uh, you could check with the Division of Consumer Affairs uh, in your state to see if any complaints have been lodged. Uh, and in some states, the Division of Consumer Affairs is lodged in the office of the Attorney General. And you can also contact the attorney general's office to find out if there, there have been any complaints. And, uh, you know, the first step is, is this picture the right picture? You know, years ago, Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. Well, today, because of the way things are online, never trust, always question, always verify. Even to something where you, you receive something from someone you know or you think you know, that requires you to click on a link or open an attachment, be really, really careful. Go directly to the website of whatever it is that you're clicking the link or opening the attachment. Make sure there's HTTPS, which is an indication that the site is encrypted. Never enter your credit card or debit card information unless you see the HTTPS. If you shop online, and so many people do, Use a credit card, not a debit card, because a, a credit card is their money. A debit card is your money. And even if you can, at the end of the day, prove the point to your financial institution that, uh, that you were a victim of some form of scam, it may take them a while to get your money back to you. And that's money that will be blocked in your bank account. And that's money that you could desperately need, especially if, let's say, you've got a wedding coming up. You need the money. And the last thing you need is to have it locked up. That's why at least on a credit card, you have a more timely review opportunity. And, you know, financial institutions are extremely sensitive. 
to identity theft because it's become such a huge, I mean, this is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar. This is like Dr. Evil, pinky to the lips, B billion problem. <laughs> <laughs> when are some other times during life that people are vulnerable to identity theft or scams? Well, they're, they're frankly, every minute of every day from the time we are a child straight up until the time that we pass away, we are vulnerable. And as I say to people, just remember your social security number has an expiration date of not even yours because we've seen crimes committed using the social security numbers of people that have passed away. And, uh, you know, some people say that if you look at some of the information based on scams, people are 125 years old, which is not the case. <laughs> but if someone can get their hands on a number and they can use it unchallenged for as long as they can use it. Uh, for instance, I had a friend who's, who's in cybersecurity, was the chief information and chief privacy officer for a number of companies. She had a daughter and her daughter was a victim of identity theft nine years before she was born. Wow. And that was because someone invented a number, they used it. When her daughter was born, they assigned her a social security number. And unfortunately, it was a social security number that was a fraudulent number having been used by somebody for nine years before her birth. So, wow. and, and the, they come after us in a variety of ways. They'll, they'll send a general phishing attack. That's when you get an email that says, dear cardholder, dear member, dear soon to be bride and groom. Um, <laughs> There could be spear phishing, which is, you know, dear Bob, dear Gene, dear Ray. Uh, there could be vishing, voice over internet protocol. That's where you get a phone call. You think it's from a retailer, an institution, a financial organization, the government. I mean, people are getting calls every day from the IRS, except it's not the IRS. Or you get a phone call from someone claiming they're from Apple or Microsoft. They've noticed a problem with your computer. Uh, they're going to help you solve the problem. They're going to send you to an address and have you download something that they can then use to get in your computer to help you solve your technology problem, except it's not real. Or you get a phone call from the jury commission uh, 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 polling for eligible jurors, except that's not the way the jury commission works. So what they do is they take a situation that people expect and then they use it. Right now, we're going through March Madness. Mm -hmm. yeah. How many people, think about how many people in their offices are playing the brackets. And if somebody from your office sends around brackets, what are you going to do? You're going to download it or you're going to click the link. Unfortunately, not every bracket that shows up in your office is from someone in your office. And all of a sudden, you could put malware on your device and if you get malware on a, a device, a, a digital device, it can do one of three things. Either it can take you to a website that looks exactly like the website that you thought you were going to when you click the link, except it's a fraud. And when you enter your logon information, they got you, especially because so many people use passwords over and over and over again. So there's that. It can put a different kind of malware on your computer, which is called a keystroke logger. And that means every time that you type in an address to go to one of your financial accounts or your social media account, that information is being tra transmitted to the hackers. And the third thing it could do is put ransomware on your computer, which means your files get frozen. And imagine if you have those are your wedding pictures are on your computer. And now your computer is frozen. You're hysterical. And someone says to you, well, you know, give me a Bitcoin. I'll go away. Yeah. Does using apps help that at all? Using apps will be helpful. But again, the problem is the app may be fine, but your device may have been compromised. That's another issue. That's why it's very important to be very careful as to what you click or what you download. Uh, you know, there are a lot of apps out there that are coming from third-party app stores that are not Apple and they're not Google. And even Google has had some issues in, in the Google Play Store. So this is where you have to be really careful. This is where you go back to the whole concept of read reviews 
and make sure you pay attention to the negative reviews uh, because anybody can create a waft of positive reviews. There's no scammer that wants to create negative reviews. Uh, that doesn't mean there may not be some person out there that has an ax to grind with somebody and creates negative reviews. But on the whole, the bulk of re negative reviews are the real deal. So, you know, that's an important, but if I, if I might, there's a framework that, that we developed in the book Swiped, which I wrote with my co-host, Bo Friedlander, called How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. And we call it the three M's. And this is kind of like, something to live by, and it also applies to life and weddings and everything else, is minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable surface. Not easy in a world where you have 35 billion Internet of Things devices that are tracking, eavesdropping, sending information back, you think, to manufacturers, but when they get hacked, they're sending information back to the hackers. The second M is how do you monitor so that you know as quickly as possible you have an issue. And the third is how do you manage the damage? And, and, and all of these things apply, especially when you're looking at honeymoons or you're looking at wedding expos and you want to avoid scams and things like that, is first use long and strong passwords, not password, not one, two, three, four, five, six. Exclamation um, point. Exclamation point <laughs> or QWERTY. Um, which is one of the favorites, which is just the first few letters on the top of your keyboard. Um, so long and strong password, do not share them across your universe of websites. Even if you have the most sophisticated, most indecipherable password to the point where it's in your password manager, but you can't even remember it yourself. If that's the same password you use everywhere, then if you get compromised anywhere, you're affected everywhere. And, you know, time after time after time, we hear from people who have their Instagram account stolen, or they've been blocked from a financial account, or someone's gotten into their bank accounts. And the first question is, you didn't happen to use the same password for everything, did you? Mm. Because you can have an indecipherable password, but if it's a discovered password, you have a problem. Now, one of the ways to find out how discovered any of your passwords are, go to the website, have I been pawned, but there's no A. So it's have I been pwned.com. And there you can find out if your user ID and password have shown up in breaches mm. or if your telephone number has shown up in breaches. And, you know, everyone says, well, your social security number is a skeleton key to your life. Well, guess what else is? your phone number, because you give it to everyone, everywhere you go, you give it to people. So this becomes the ultimate unique identifier. In On that website, are there ways to actually mitigate that or change it or remove those scams? So it won't help you change that, but what it will do is it'll give you kind of a North star. So now you know what your problem is. Now you know what you have to change. Mm. And sometimes simply getting a password manager and allowing it to create passwords is a safer way to go. And people go, well, can't password managers get breached? And the answer is there have been a few that have, but they are so well encrypted. There is nothing that the scammer can do with the information because it's, it's nothing more than ones and, and X's and O's and things like that. It's, it's the algorithm. So it can't do that. So, First, long and strong password protocol. Second, two-factor authentication. And you know how you log into something and then it says, wait a minute, and then it sends a code to your phone mm -hmm. or to your email address? Um, that's called two-factor authentication. It could also be where you need a thumbprint. Uh, MasterCard was testing uh, one uh, way a few years ago, and that was that if you did a transaction, you would then have to take a selfie and blink for proof of life. And if you wow. remember, the IRS was recently talking about how they wanted people to take a selfie if they wanted to get into the IRS website. And Congress went crazy by going, the last thing in the world we want is the Internal Revenue Service to have facial recognition images right. of every American. <laughs> that's, right. that's not going to work. So, but two-factor authentication can help us an additional layer 
And that means if someone gets your credentials, unless they have access to the code, uh, it's impossible for them to, to get on unless they found a way to steal your device or to steal the service to your device. The third is you don't click on links or open an attachments unless you know who they're from. And okay, wedding time, people send you e-cards. Mm-hmm. Be very careful when you get an e-card and it could be a buzzkill, but it wouldn't hurt to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, listen, I really appreciate your e-card. If they say to you, what e-card, at least you'll know before you open it that, that it might be a problem. Also, as we talked earlier, don't simply download any app that sounds new and cool. Um, even apps that are designed to help you with the wedding planning process, you know, make sure you're using a legitimate app. Also, freeze your credit. It's free now. And if you freeze your credit, that means no one, including you, can get access to your credit unless you use a special PIN number that's part of the process to thaw your credit long enough for someone who needs to do a credit check on you to check that credit and then immediately freeze it once that's done. So that's the first M. The second M, a little faster, monitor. So for consumers, get your credit report, read your credit report, look for things that you didn't do. And especially if you're in the throes of planning for a wedding and you're going to all sorts of expos and going online and you know doing all those things that you need to do in order to prepare for the big day, it's very important to make sure that you're keeping track of whether or not somebody's trying to open an accounts in your name uh, or do a variety of like take over your credit card information, things like that. So look at your credit report, track your credit scores. If they take a sudden precipitous drop, it could be that you forgot to pay a bill, you're using too much of your credit, or you're a victim of identity theft. Sign up for what's called transaction alerts that you get from your bank uh, or your credit card company that notify you anytime there's activity in your account, which again would be very important as you're surveying the scene and buying different things for your wedding. Just make sure that the transaction is what you thought it was. Also get more sophisticated forms of monitoring. And the third M, manage the damage. A lot of people don't realize that through their insurance company, some financial institutions and many employers, programs are available now to help you through identity incidents. But many of these organizations aren't really good at letting people know that they have a program like this. So check with your insurance agent, your financial services rep, or your employer and say, do you have a program to help me through an identity incident? Am I in it already? Many people are automatically enrolled. Uh, if not, what do I need to do to get in it? Is it free? Is it deeply discounted? Uh, or what do I have to pay? I am just have to say, I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with that right now. It's <laughs> yes. almost like you have to get a degree in IT and become a private <laughs> investigator and just simply elope. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Is there a motivation for scams and hacking besides money? Well, sometimes it's to cause chaos. And sometimes it's it's designed just frankly, they want to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they have an axe to grind against somebody. I mean, there's a there's a it's an interesting story that happened a few years ago that there were two neighbors. They hated each other. And one of the neighbors went away. The second neighbor, who was an IT person went and sat on the front steps of their neighbor's house and hacked into their neighbor's computer and then went to a variety of child pornography sites and then called the police and said, I think my neighbor is involved with child pornography. And it took the innocent neighbor uh, about a year and a half to convince the police, the prosecutor and everything else that he hadn't done it. They had to do a complete forensic investigation involving his computer. Did the other guy get caught? Eventually, yeah. At the, you know, it's kind of one of those things, unless you're operating out of China, Russia, Iran, Iraq, North Korea, uh, where they don't get caught, or even if they do get caught, there's nothing you can do about them. Uh, in this country, we're getting much better at catching uh, mm-hmm. people who are uh, committing these kinds of acts domestically. 
And, you know, when we're talking about relationships, it's all emotional and that emotional vulnerability. And so people are very susceptible. They, they don't have their logical brain turned on. And so they can fall prey to a lot of these different scams, which is very, very mm -hmm. scary. Well, no, and, and not only that, but when a relationship ends, mm. you have to remember that uh, assuming that you, that you had an equally balanced relationship, uh, one spouse is going to know an awful lot about the other spouse. And we've had cases where you have angry spouses who basically committed identity theft, put stalkerware on their spouse's uh, uh, devices. So you know, another good reason to have a lovely relationship when you're married. But, uh, and, and then, of course, there's the, the, the situation where when you're looking for someone to marry, uh, you could end up looking in the wrong place. Um, you know, there are many dating apps we certainly know that are out there. And there are many people who are using those apps to do catfishing. And, and, you know, the divorce rate is at about 50% still. It's just been hovering around there. And right. so we have a lot of people who are remarrying and they are in the, on the dating sites for the first time in their lives, you know, are there different considerations for that population? Very much so, very much so. And the one thing you have to make sure is, is the person you're communicating with the person you think you're communicating with? Because we've had case after case after case where people were communicating with people who were, it was a scam. And in fact, in some cases, you're communicating with not a person, you're communicating with a team of people, all working very hard to figure out everything they can find out about you, and then use that in order to pull your heartstrings to get you ultimately to get them compromising pictures, which they can then use to extort money from you, wow. uh, or to get you to send money. And, you know, there are some flags, you know, one of the flags is you're you're starting to communicate with somebody and within three days they want to have your child or you know they 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 want you to have their child uh uh they, uh, they come on too strong too fast and it's very romantic it's it's almost like you're reading poetry so what some people should do is if you see lines that are like almost poetic Google them. You might be surprised to find them in different books. Uh, <laughs> you might also be surprised to find them being used in different scams. Uh, so that's one of the ways. The speed of a relationship coming together online is another scam. The If the other person always has a crisis, mm. child is being kidnapped, uh, their spouse has just walked out and taken all the money, um, it's a list of things you look out for, but if something seems like this is coming from a grade B movie or this person is a drama king or a drama queen and it just doesn't feel right, your antenna should be going up. And then when your antenna should really be going up is when they try to move you off those dating sites really quickly to like WhatsApp or someplace else. And they try to get your phone number super fast and, if you meet them, make sure you meet them in a public place and, and make sure the person you meet is the person whose picture you've been talking to or talking with uh, when you're online. We had a case, uh, a friend of mine, uh, he was dating another fellow and unbeknownst to him, this guy took his picture and his image and his information and put it on a dating site and was luring other men to the dating site and then trying to get those men to meet with him. One fellow did, realized it was the wrong guy, somehow dropped his credit card, and the, uh, the scammer basically used that credit card. Uh, so our friend basically said he, he got a call from the police, and the police said, look, we've seen your picture. We've seen the picture up on the, on the website. We know it's not you. But somehow somebody got your information and what do you know about this person? Turns out it was the boyfriend. And then the boyfriend, when he finds out that this fellow is cooperating with the police, he calls him and says, I'm going to kill you. Wow. And, I, and I want you to know that I know you're going to be involved in a wedding overseas 
and I'm going to be there. You won't see me and you'll be dead. And they had to get extra security for the wedding, speaking about weddings. And <clears throat> they um, eventually, uh, the, the guy went away, but uh, our friend ended up in therapy for PTSD for almost two years because of this incident. Yeah, we knew a couple that they were trying to adopt mm -hmm. and they had countless women be like, I'm pregnant and I'll, you know, let you adopt my baby. And they weren't even pregnant and all sorts of weird things. Oh, you know, there was a scam uncovered not too long ago out in Colorado. It was a mother and daughter team that were writing to people all over the country. They were writing to women in particular, representing themselves to be lonely uh, service members deployed overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. And people fell for it. They stole over a million dollars. Wow. And then I did a, t a show on TV a while back with a we were all guests on a show. Uh, they were both caregivers in their mid fifties, uh, home health care nurses. And each one of them was taken by a different person to the tune of $60,000. Wow. Jeez. Because wow. people, people get caught up in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, because it, it's it's an emotional thing, and they think, you know, there, there was a, a case a few years ago. A woman transferred over two million dollars over time to somebody who was a total fraud, and the only way her family found out was that someone from the financial management firm contacted the family and said, "Look, I'm not even authorized to do this, but your mother has been taking out large chunks of money and wiring it overseas." I really think you need to have a conversation with her. They sat down. She admitted it was true. They launched an investigation. They proved that it was a fraud. They're never getting the money back. And even after all of that, she turned to her kids and said, I realize it was a fraud, but in my heart, I still believe he loved me. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. You know, I was wondering over the course of your career and everything, if you've seen an increase in distrust. You know, it seems as though, you know, you can't really trust anyone these days. And as you said, you have to verify and verify. Uh, but has it been this way all along or has it actually gotten worse? I think it's gotten worse because it's gotten much easier for people to, to communicate worldwide. And there's a, this other thing called social media. Mm. And the problem with social media is that people have this tendency to fling out into the internet and the cybersphere every morsel of their lives, oftentimes in real time. And when you do that, a few things happen. Number one, people find out too much about you. Number two, the questions that people uh, use as security questions and answers when they provide the answers, the answers are based on truth. And unfortunately, all of that truth is out there somewhere online because of all the disclosures that, that people make just as part of their, their daily lives. So for instance, if you do security questions and answers, lie like a superhero. I mean, mm. Bruce Wayne does not advertise that he's Batman. And other than Lois Lane, not too many people have a clue as to who Superman is. So, but when you do this, don't be so creative that you end up locking yourself out because you can't <laughs> remember the answers you gave. But with this, this oversharing on social media, um, when people take a trip, you, you get pretty much, you know, when they left, where they're going, how long they're going to be gone, and when they intend to come back. Now, that creates two problems. One, a stalker knows where you are so they can find you. The same with a kidnapper. And a burglar knows where you're not so they can break into your home. There was a website a few years ago called Please Rob Me. And what they did is take examples of people just real time oversharing travel plans and just said, well, since they want to be robbed, we thought we'd make it easy. Here they are. <laughs> Here's how long they're going to be gone. You know, it's public disclosure. Go get them, you know. Uh, but, the, you know, this is this is where we've gone. You know, plus the fact we're living in a surveillance economy. 
so that everything we do everywhere we go is being chronicled. Now, oftentimes they tell us because they're doing us a favor by making incredible bargains available to us, right? Like you can get the vacation for your honeymoon that you've always been dreaming about. But um, with that, that vast disclosure of information comes enormous vulnerability. And I, I worry about when parents put on their Instagram accounts or other social media accounts, here we're at little Susie's second birthday party at such and such a park. We love this park. We're always here. It wouldn't be a, a real leap of faith now that this person knows that this is little Susie's second birthday. And this is a park that Susie and mommy go to mm. that while mommy's looking the other way and maybe Susie's running around somewhere out in the grass, they come and say, Hey, Susie, listen, I'm really sorry that I missed your birthday. And I saw you got all these presents. I have a really fabulous present for you. It's just right behind those trees. Why don't you come over with me and I'll get it. Cause I just, you know, I didn't want you to see it. I wanted to surprise you. And then all of a sudden little Susie's picture is on a milk carton. Mm -hmm. um, because again, people overshare, just like all of our kids now are digital natives, right? They all grew up using digital devices. And they're also, I mean, I have a nine-year-old who I can't even begin to hope that I become as sophisticated on, on electronic devices as he is. But the problem with this generation is they trust. Mm -hmm. There's two things that go on when they go online. Number one, they trust each other, which is very dangerous. And number two, they, uh, um, they make themselves open to be exploited because they give away all kinds of information about who they are, where they live, what they like, where they're going. Because they don't I know any better. Right. And I also call it Generation I, which stands for Generation Invincible. It's like, hey, I'm online. I'm good. Or, or they don't know my real name. The only problem is that you can re-identify somebody who's de-identified by simply following a few receipts that you see on some of the social media accounts, uh, some of the restaurants, and you can begin to put things together to where you can actually identify a person. Years ago, they were able to identify one particular user who was using AOL purely by her searches. Wow. Wow. What would you, uh, what advice would you have that somebody should do if their identity gets stolen or they're part of a scam? Well, it, first of all, you need to notify the police. Uh, now, some police departments have a laissez-faire attitude and you have to stand your ground and say you, you have to take a police report because the truth is, if your identity has been stolen or compromised, uh, if you go to the uh, I, uh, the three credit report, the big three, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, uh, you know, you can get a fraud alert on your file, you can freeze your credit. But in terms of being able to have the backup you need uh, in order to convince the lenders that it wasn't you or retailers it wasn't you or car dealers it wasn't you, you have to have a police report. So you have to have a police report. You got to freeze your credit. You have to chronicle uh, in in almost exquisite, painful detail, exactly what happened, where you were, uh, that it had nothing to do with you, or if someone went throughout the countryside opening accounts in your name, you have to be able to prove that your information had in fact been compromised. Uh, so a police report is mandatory. So you got to work with the police, you got to work with the reporting agencies, you've got to work with uh, retailers, you have to notify if the Social Security Administration, just to be on the lookout, you have to notify, this is one where people grit their teeth, but the Internal Revenue Service, because a lot of people steal your information for the purpose of filing a fake tax return and then getting your refund or using your Social Security number to get a job in your name where this, where the, and, and that your number, where the income from that job is reported back to that Social Security number and then you get a note from the IRS going, uh, you woefully underreported your income. How about this, this, and this? And so now the Internal Revenue Service gives out pins to everybody. It used to be that you actually had to be a victim of identity theft, and then they would give you a pin for filing future returns. Now, on a date certain, you go to the IRS website, and then you, you get a pin from them. 
which is important. Um, so you have to do these things or the ultimate shortcut is look at your insurance policy, go to your financial institution, go to the HR department where you work and do it proactively as opposed to, you know, as a, you know, I don't want my house to burn down, but if it does, at least I know I've got insurance, right? Well, this is the house is now burning down and I'm trying to convince an insurance company to give me insurance. The answer is no. So these are the kinds of things that people need to do proactively, because if you do get into one of those programs, all you do is make one call. They hook you up with a fraud expert. And then depending upon what the company is and what the service is, they may end up doing everything for you. They write the letters, they make the phone calls, they do the conference calls that you're added in after they've got the retailer, the lender, the government agency on the phone, and they stay with you throughout the entire remediation process. And then they check back on you to make sure you're fine. Plus you should definitely be monitoring because if you are monitoring your identity and if a monitoring program has, let's say, dark web monitoring, and also what's called me, not me notifications, which is instead of saying, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, someone using your information opened an account, you actually get a contemporaneous notification that says someone is attempting to open an account in your name. Is it you? Yes or no? Yeah. Wow. Adam, this is a lot of great mm -hmm. information. Uh, where can someone pick up your book, first of all, and then also, you know, learn more about your podcast? And I imagine you cover all of these different topics on your podcast as well. No, we absolutely do. And thank you for asking. Um, AdamLevin.com is our, our website, where there's an enormous amount of information about every scam you could think of, even ones perhaps you haven't thought of yet. Um, the, the, at, at the podcast at What the Hack with Adam Levin. It's, it's on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, love the opportunities to come on, you know, shows like Couple Synergy, because then I can, I can spread the word with people who have, a, a, you know, a built-in audience who is interested in all the things you talk about. And, you know, these are one of the things, because also, I've seen where identity thefts have torn a family to pieces too. Absolutely. It, it, uh, you can lose your job. You can have terrible emotional upheaval because of this thing. It could put the family into a state of terror when this happens, because you really feel like someone has now invaded your life mm -hmm. and they know everything about you. And that's the really scary thing is, is that, when you get involved with identity thieves ultimate and, and their ability to operate effectively using your data, um, they get to know everything about you, where you go, what you do, where you invest, where you bank, uh, what social media accounts you're on. And depending upon what their motivation, if, it, if it's money, that's one thing. But if it, if it gets to be something more than that. And the other thing that's very important for people to understand is, you know, when we look in the mirror, we see us, right? Regular people. Mm -hmm. uh, when a hacker looks at us, they see Sharon Stone, they see The Rock, they see Jay-Z, Beyonce, Adam Levine, because we got what they want. We have data, we have financial information, we have medical information, because you can also be a victim of medical identity theft. Uh, when we pass, they can use us, even though we're not there anymore. So we're a big deal to them and we are their job. Now, this may be somewhat, you know, uh, may people feel like well, maybe I am a little important. The answer is it may not be you they're coming after. They may want to use you to get to your spouse, or they may know that you work at a company. Think of all the people on LinkedIn and how they're all, you can see right. who's where, what they do. They may want to use your access into your company's network because their real eye is on getting to the data in your company or launching a ransomware attack against the company. I mean, an individual, maybe they can get a few thousand bucks, 
a company, if they play it right, they could get millions. So yeah, you know, relationships are hard enough as it (laughs) is. And I think that this information that you're bringing to our audience is really important because it brings out a facet of relationships that most people don't even think about. Mm -hmm. And they don't even have the information to be able to think about it and protect themselves. So we really appreciate you coming on. And actually, we learned a bunch (laughs) of things that we didn't know (laughs) in hearing all about this. Well, that's great. And, And the most important thing is that we're in this together. Government hadn't done enough. Business hasn't done enough, and it's tried. They've all tried. And consumers, we haven't done enough. I mean, when people say, you know, there is this danger out there, "Eh, it's not going to happen to me. Well, yeah, it is. It really is. And it could be a real budget buster for your family if it does, and a real relationship killer, depending upon how people react in this situation. So we have, as the CEO of Microsoft said about a year ago, We all have a shared responsibility. And when it comes to consumers, we didn't ask for it. We're not trained for it. And we sure as heck don't want it. But we've now got it. So working together, understanding what the threats are, understanding ways that we can better protect ourselves, make ourselves harder targets. This is the way that we not only protect ourselves, but our families, our kids, our businesses, and the organizations, and even the government agencies that that we work for. Adam, we want to thank you so much for joining us on Couple Synergy today. We want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on the show. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, our home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who can benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.